0: pick is in for the philadelphia eagles with the 53rd pick in the 2020 nfl draft the philadelphia eagles select Jalen hurts quarterback oklahoma well it just got interesting ladies and gentlemen as jalen hurts is going to doug peterson and that philadelphia offense and there are a million ways this
1: can go. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm joined, as always, with Kurt and Kyle. It's April 30th. How do you guys feel about your team's post-draft right
2: now? Kurt, you want to go first?
0: Um, Eagles had a shitty draft. Terrible. Really? Yeah. Um... You were pretty
1: optimistic about uh, Rager when we talked to you after I one.
0: think Rager is good, but he's really raw. If he went to a team with a good, like the Steelers, who are known to produce good wide receivers and show them how to become good wide receivers, I think he could be a star because he is so athletic. But the Eagles – have produced have shown no ability to produce wide receivers. We flopped on all our wide receivers we've taken early, and I think it was a bad pick. Um, as you go deeper into the draft, I think the Eagles did a good job. But at the same time, how many of those players will really make the roster or actually contribute to the team other than on special teams? And missing on a second-round pick, when you have a zone corner and Christian Fulton sitting right there and you pick up a backup quarterback, that's just inexcusable. Do you think that
1: they're going to use him as a – we're talking about Jalen Hurts, obviously, the second-round pick for the Eagles. Do you think that they're going to use him as a Taysom Hill role, or do you think they'll transition him to more of a wide receiver and running back?
0: I think – their plan is to use him more as a Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill role, but I just don't understand how this helps the Eagles win now. It's going to take – they're going to have the whole offseason in which they're going to need to, him to become the primary backup on a short off season. You're going to try and implement this whole new position and this, all these new schemes in an offseason where you might not have the, as long a training camp.
1: Well, that's true. I think, Kyle, you could button if you agree or disagree with this, but I think that they made the pick because, I mean, the last, they one of the Eagles made the playoffs the last three years, and Carson Wentz has played in one playoff game. I think that they picked up Jalen Hurts because he fits their RPO scheme. He could probably run the offense better than, like, an Andy Dalton or uh, last year, a Josh McCown. He could probably run the scheme a little bit better than them, and maybe have some success if Carson Wentz, true to form, gets injured again this season. I think that they look as Jaylen, at Jalen at Jalen Hurts as a as a as a guy who could who has a lot of risk if you have to start him, but could also reward I, you.
2: I don't hate the pick. In hindsight, at first it was very jarring, and I just remember Kurt's reaction and laughing, but. I I like it now, and I like the back end of their draft. Like, I like the two tackles they took. Kavon Wallace is definitely going to help your secondary a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, the back end of the draft wasn't bad. It's just my thing with Jalen Hurts is the Eagles are not a backup quarterback away from going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they made the playoffs, but they made the playoffs because they're in a bad division. They're not a star-studded team. And there's just a lot of positions we get have hit that were are definitely sure things on the board.
2: That, that's definitely fair.
1: That's fair. Have you completely given up on uh, J.J. or Whiteside? Because o- it was only his rookie season last
2: year.
0: I didn't like the pick in the first place. I didn't like him coming out of Stanford. Um, and he showed absolutely no improvement. Uh, he's a big body receiver who got bullied. He was just—he was bad. He was really bad in his first year, and he would need to show dramatic improvement.
1: I think you could—I think you might see some improvement from him because we get so cl- like we see, at least recently, wide receivers have kind of taken off in their first year, like Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins, they all kind of take off after being first-round picks or early second-round picks. But I—but traditionally, you look at guys like Amani Toomer and some of the guys from the 90s and early 2000s, it's taken a year or two to get their footing, to get really good at running routes and to get really good off the snap. So maybe you'll see some improvement in the second and third year for our Sega Whiteside. And the same thing with Jalen Rager, too. Yeah. Kyle, uh, what about the Colts? I know you weren't happy with uh, them not going um, to
2: the first round. In hindsight, we weren't going to get ahead of uh, Green Bay. Like, we weren't going to be able to give more than they got or they gave away to get Jordan Love. And if my team's front office wasn't comfortable taking him or trying out to get him, then I, I think they're doing it for the best. Upon... Upon having, like, a couple days to think about it, I really like our draft. Like, I think there's – the only, like, real reach would probably be Danny Pinter, who's, like, the interior offensive lineman we picked in the fifth round or sixth round. But other than that, like, I feel like we have a lot of, like, very good developmental players that we can use this year.
1: And the Colts also don't have a tremendous amount of holes to fill either, so you have time to develop some of those players as the backups and uh, on the practice team, which is good. And you got the wide receiver that
2: I wanted. Yeah, and you got uh, the one I wanted too with line. Mims. But I, I think, uh, <laughs> I, I think I'll leave it for now. The more I think about it, the more it makes sense. It's just got it. he's that ex receiver that's gonna catch those contested balls, those. High up back shoulder throws. He's just the perfect complement to uh, T.Y. Holden, who's going to be the speedster who has quick release and runs nine routes all day.
1: Yeah, we've seen receivers like that have success with Phillip Rivers, too. So he could be a, a candidate to have a really good rookie season. Maybe even reach 1K in yards it's possible. if he gets this. And
2: then Taylor's just going to be an animal, I think.
1: Yeah, you think that they're going to – you think uh, Marlon Mack's going to be a cap casualty now? Because I was – ESPN put out an article It was like the most likely player from each team to get cut after the drafts, and Marlon uh, Mack was the player for the Colts. I don't
2: think he's going to get cut or traded. traded. I think they legitimately think that they have a two-headed monster right now, just like they did in San Francisco last year with uh, Brita Coleman, and um, – yeah, master 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 Uh I Moster. think that's exactly what they think they have right now with having someone who is a physical runner and can run in between the tackles and then a home run uh hitter with Taylor.
1: Yeah, that would yeah. definitely be a really good combination. Uh Kurt, do you have anything to add um, about the Colts draft?
0: I don't like taking a running back that early. But other than the Jonathan Taylor pick, I think their draft is pretty well. I like Pittman. I think he fits really well into their scheme. I like him more than Mims. But other than the Jonathan Taylor pick, I thought they did alright.
1: Yeah, it seems like Pittman is more of a NFL-ready player and Mims needs to work a lot on his route running and stuff like that. So I think Pittman will probably have the more of an impact than Mims this year. But down the road, uh, Mims definitely has the explosiveness.
2: All right, how about your Jets?
1: Well, we all uh, – round one, I'm just happy we got a tackle. We know that day day two for Joe Douglas – He really hit, I think he hit three home runs with these picks. Mims, he traded back for. I think he was sweating a little bit, hoping that he wouldn't get picked between those 11 picks that he traded back with. But he ended up getting his guy, which was good. The third round is really interesting because we picked a safety, Ashton Davis. And at first I was like, oh, does that mean Jamal Adams is getting moved? We're not going to sign him. We ended up picking up his fifth-year option, so I don't think that's really in the Jets' mind. It turns out, after doing some research on this guy, he's probably going to end up being a nickel corner, which we desperately need, especially in our division with guys like Julian Edelman and uh, and the John Brown and the fast receivers from the Bills. So that's good to have as a third cornerback. And then Jabari Zuniga. Last year, we picked a D from Florida. Uh, I think his name was Ja'Kai Polite or something like that. He didn't even make the roster. So we we're going another third-round pick from Florida. I think this guy they say he has a little bit faster of a twitch and he's really quick off the ball. So hopefully he can make an impact cuz we haven't had a we haven't had a pass rusher off the edge pretty much forever since Calvin Pace and he wasn't even that good. The day 3 picks I'm a little bit iffy on like I don't really think we needed a running back or a backup quarterback when we have other needs. But then with the pick that we got from the Patriots, uh, we got Carmen Clark. And then in the fifth round, we got Bryce Hall, who's supposed to be a high-ceiling cornerback, which is good. And then we just picked up Hunter fifth, sixth round. So all in all, I'd probably give the Jets draft a B just because of the uh, day three picks. But day two and day one, I'm pretty excited about.
2: You might not like the running back and quarterback picks, but I think they're very good for you. I think the Michael B. Ryan is like a a good backup to um Le'Veon Bell. First of all, they both begin with a law. Of course it fits in. But other than that, they're both like physical runners that run between tackles. And then James Morgan's just a developmental pick in case uh your quarterback gets mono again. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, you really you really liked him. Yeah, I could have seen the when we talked last time, right? Round.
2: But here we are.
1: It just doesn't make much sense to me because, like, if he's developmental, would he be much of a would it be much of a difference between him taking over for Darnold and David Fells last year? Like, I feel like our backup quarterback spot, we'd be better served having like. Bringing Josh McCown back or somebody like that—I think he retired—but like or an Andy Dalton, just to have someone to push Darnold instead of having a rookie who really has no chance sense. to start.
0: Kurt? Um, I think the fact that the Jets, when the Jets had Darnold last year, they went seven and six, and when they didn't have Darnold, they went zero and three. I feel like you guys need a backup quarterback. And I don't I don't think taking a late round backup quarterback is that much of a big deal because most other what round did you say you took him in? Yeah, maybe you guys wanted to wait a round or that or them, but I don't I feel like that's not a bad round to take a quarterback, especially if you think that's if you think that's your guy as a backup.
1: Yeah, he they definitely liked him, I guess enough to pick him in the fourth. They picked him before Eason and before uh, Fromm were off the board, which is which was interesting. I was shocked by that, but we'll see. I mean, he's just a backup quarterback, so not expecting much out of this pick. But if he gets his chance, hopefully, just remember uh, you guys could have had he meets the Colts
0: in the second round. Oh wait.
1: Yeah, the geniuses in Philadelphia took that off the board, though. you think that was... What do you think was the biggest shock from the draft? Was, you th- the was that the biggest shock for you guys?
2: I think that's mine, too. Yeah.
1: But, like, I'd seen that in a couple of mock drafts. The Packers not trading up to take him, but taking him at thir- at pick 30. I never would have thought the Eagles, with a quarterback... Just getting into his second contract, taking Jalen Coming hurts.
0: off an issue where we had to get everyone in the locker room who wanted Nick Foles as their quarterback. We sent them away, and then we bring in a high-round backup quarterback.
1: And one that's a national champion has is going to have a lot of people, a lot of media I mean, hype can to you him really training him a camp and stuff champion, like that. Dave? Yeah, he won the. Se- well, I guess he got benched in the one national championship, but then didn't he win a playoff game when Tua got injured and got them to another national championship? Yeah,
0: they, they didn't. W- I, I,
1: you can't, you can't say Jalen Hurts is not a national champion. He played the entire year. He was, he made the offense go. It was you just that one game.
0: Quarterback at Bama and won national championship. It's Alabama.
1: Come on, I think that I think Jalen Hurts proved that in an last year that if he if he was just allowed to go in Alabama, he would have put up big numbers. Like Tua's numbers on a per game basis weren't that much better than Jalen Hurts's were. He just he just threw he the rock. He also a never bit more.
0: played in the second half. They were winning by so much.
1: Yeah, the same thing with Jalen Hurts. They were always consensus number ones with Hurts as their quarterback. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. You can't take away the national championship from him. You could say that, that he's not as good. He deserved to be benched, but he's still a national champion. It reminds me a lot of when uh, the pick reminds me a lot of when the Jets brought in Tim Tebow to back up quote-unquote Mark Sanchez. It just created a lot of a lot of unneeded media scrutiny and and a lot of people. It was just too much attention that a young quarterback doesn't need, and hopefully it doesn't turn out the same way for Carson Wentz. So with that, uh, we'll get to some NFL headlines. We brought up Andy Dalton a couple of times already. He got released officially by the Cincinnati Bengals. He was a nine-year starter. Where do you guys think that uh, quarterbacks like Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, those guys are going to end up now? We already saw Jameis fall off the board to the Saints.
0: And the Saints got a steal in Jameis with his contract.
2: 1.1? 1. 1.
0: Yeah, what was it? 1.1. 1. 1. With million? With incentives. Oh, wow. If like- he starts.
1: Well, I guess he isn't he the third stringer because you don't sign Taysom Hill to a twenty one million dollar deal to have him
0: just be a gadget.
2: He's secondly third string, yeah.
0: I don't know if Taysom would run the offense though. I feel like they would go into their entire like second, like you know how they use him? I I don't know. I'd be interested to see if they move to like the Ravens offense if Drew Brees was to get hurt.
1: Maybe I I don't think we've seen enough of Taysom Hill throwing to really know like what they have there, assuming that they I'm assuming they know more than we do since they see him all the time running the practice team. But yeah, Jameis Winston would be probably an ideal backup. He's a good quarterback. He just is a little bit too much of a gunslinger. He's Brett Favre without the championship, basically. Like, Brett Favre got away with throwing a lot of interceptions because he was a champ- He already won a championship in Green Bay. If Jameis Winston had a little bit more team success, I think he would still be the quarterback uh, of the Bucs. I
2: don't know. It's it's hard to put con- or put concepts on the past that can't be changed.
1: Yeah, that's true. But like, Brett Favre literally threw the Packers out of the 2017 NFC Championship game. Because every time uh, Lawrence Tynes missed, I think Lawrence Tynes missed three game-winning field goals for the Giants, and Brett Favre just threw an interception after each one. So like, there's, I, th- I always look at Jameis Winston as a Brett Favre. Like, he'll win you games, but he'll also lose you some games. I, th- I think he'll be a starter again in this league. If anything, this will be a wake-up call. But we can get back to Andy Dalton. Where do you guys think he ultimately ends up?
2: It's hard to figure out, but my like gut instinct for both him and Cam is New England. That's just all I can really think of right now. Of a QB needy team or like a backup needing team. So would
1: they go in as the backup to Stidham, at least on the initial depth chart, or would they go in as I think as Bill they'd be competing
2: for a starting job? But I think right now Stidham is favored.
0: Um. No, yeah, I think they. I you guys can go ahead, finish your thought. I have a completely different train.
1: I think that uh, that Bill really wants to win with Stidham, so I think that he'll go in as long as there's no injury or or, and he doesn't completely implode during workouts and stuff like that. And in the preseason, I think we'll see Jared Stidham at least get a couple games in uh, 2020. But maybe they do bring one of those guys. I can't see Cam Newton going anywhere as a backup, so I think that he'll end up just playing in the CFL or in another league next year. Or not playing at all, if he just wants to hold out. Uh, but maybe Andy Dalton would go to to New England to be the backup. Or maybe like Jacksonville or something like that, where Carter Minshew got benched last year for Nick Foles. Maybe they go back him up and then Uh, If Minshew struggles again by week eight, they're starting quarterback again.
2: That's fair. Kurt, what's your thought process?
0: I don't think that... One, I don't think Cam Newton is going to be on an NFL roster this year. Just because... The only way you're gonna take Cam Newton is if you lose you is if you lose your starter early and you have to transform your offense. Because you can't play a traditional offense with Cam Newton. It's not worth it. So really the only team I'd see picking him up is if is the Ravens, if Lamar Jackson got injured, maybe. But other than them, I don't see him going anywhere. I don't see anyone picking him up because he's so such a different style and because Andy Dalton is behind, is also a free agent. Who, If you're a backup team, Andy Dalton's about on par with Nick Foles for how talented he is, I would say. Do you guys think that's a fair comparison?
1: I think Andy Dalton's a little bit better than Foles. I mean, obviously he hasn't had the clutch success that Foles had, but if you look at their careers side-by-side, I think Dalton's had a better nine-year career. But definitely a good comparison. I
0: think Dalton's going to wait it out, and I don't think he's going to sign with any team until a starting quarterback gets injured. And Whenever a playoff team starting quarterback gets injured, you'll watch for them to sign Andy Dalton for more money.
1: I could see, I could see that happening. I agree with you completely about Cam too. Like at this point of his career, I don't even know if like the Ravens would pick him up because they have a younger version of Cam, granted not as physical as Cam used to be in Robert Griffin the third, but uh, Cam really needs to prove that he could just be a pocket passer now. Because at his age and with his injury history, I don't really think anybody would take a chance to run him in, uh, like, a Lamar Jackson-style offense where he's getting hit all the time. He has to prove that he could stand in the pocket and throw the ball 35 times a game.
0: I agree with that. One place I could see Andy Dalton going early is the Pittsburgh Steelers. But again, I think he's going to wait on... I think he's going to wait to see who gets injured because he'll probably get paid a lot more money.
1: Yeah, because the demand will be higher. The Steelers, they're going into the season with uh, Mason Rudolph and yeah. uh, Doc Hodges as their backup, right? Gotcha. Worked out really well last year. But uh, I don't know. They could pick a quarterback next year, maybe. Because who knows? No one really knows how long Ben Roethlisberger is going to play. True.
2: I just saw something that uh, the Redskins could possibly think about signing Cam, too.
1: I could see that. I don't know how the relationship between him and uh, Rivera is considering Rivera benched him for Kyle Allen. Essentially, he kept him on the injured list instead of bringing him back when he was ready, right? Yeah, Yeah, that's another QB mess. They have a first-round pick last year that that a lot of people say that they don't like. They have Kyle Allen, who was the starter for Rivera last year. And they don't really have a veteran with them. So it's, that's an interesting well, Q- QB situation. Another
0: point for these two backups or these two free agents is I don't think any team with a young QB is going to bring them in because you're not going to be able to see the young QB's pro- progress and you want to bet more chips on them, and you're going to have less time to work with them if you bring in another QB on top of the already limited time they're going to have to work with them. So I don't see any. Yeah, exactly. I don't see the Redskins. I don't see the Patriots. I don't see any team with a lackluster QB situation bringing them in. or I don't see the Jets bringing them in. I don't see anyone like that.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think the situation you laid out is probably the most likely scenario that Dalton waits it out and Cam might need to wait. Cam's career might be over now that I'm thinking about it. like Because what are people going to bring him in for a Colin Kaepernick-style workout so that he could prove he could throw? Because he had a pretty bad shoulder Elder. injury. That's what kept him out. But the shoulder was... Wasn't it a lingering oh, shoulder no, injury right, that right. trailed Cam down to the, his
0: elbow? It was the shoulder injury. Yeah.
1: I think his career might be over. It's a shame, but that's just the way it's it's looking. Cause the logical thing would be not to bring a quarterback that never really had the best throwing numbers in after his age 30 mm. season.
0: I mean, one thing that I could see, if Lamar Jackson goes down game two of the year, I could see Cam Newton going right into the system. No?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just don't see him in, like, a John Harbaugh uh, style of, like, locker room team. They don't really have, like, me guys. And that's exactly what uh, true. what Cam Newton is. I don't know, but we can move. We can move on to other stories. Uh, let's see. Roger Goodell's giving up his forty million dollars salary for twenty twenty, which is I, a good move. Still don't like I the didn't guy. Didn't realize but, he got paid that much. I uh, can't blame him for. Can't fault him for doing that.
2: I didn't realize. Really? That, no. is I that thought sarcastic? it was like twenty, maybe. I don't know.
1: Well, the the NFL actually, there was something a couple of years ago where they changed how their league is structured so that they went they when the NFL was a not for profit, they used to have to report like their officers' salaries. So, but they changed it to. Uh, I think a corporation or a corporate partnership or something like that so that they didn't have to disclose yeah. how much they paid Goodell.
0: Um, <laughs> they said while the pandemic is going, he won't take a salary. Not that he's foregoing his entire salary for the year.
1: Oh, so he can get it, like <laughs> if the league starts up
0: all normal yeah, so he's with fans, probably, the fans, probably the pay he's probably going to take depending how long this pandemic goes but probably 3 4 months which is still a lot of money but I mean I wish I was I wish I had the liberty to yeah. make a fourth of his salary
1: <laughs> Yeah right I know it's I know the salary is based on like how much TV revenue the league brings in and all that stuff but is he the he has to be the most overpaid person That's on the planet right like for the for the job that he does. There
0: people who just get funds passed down to them through their family that do nothing all day, and
1: yeah, but that's not that's not getting paid a salary. Like, I wouldn't consider someone that just gets money from their parents as being overpaid. Overpaid means that you get paid for that you're getting paid compensation for a job. I I would say.
0: I don't think it's fair to say that he doesn't. He's the most overpaid. I'm sure there's other people who are severely overpaid for what they do. I um, mean... I guess I just feel like there's no
1: like special skill that you need to be a commissioner besides what, negotiating? Maybe? But he doesn't even do that because the owners vote on everything that all the decisions he makes. I don't. Know, I feel like it's a steep price for being a commissioner, but it's also not. You also have to hear a lot of criticism and stuff, and it's a thankless job. So maybe he does earn it. But uh, did you guys see that Gronk ha- made a joke that he's had the Bucks playbook for four weeks?
2: now? I wouldn't doubt it.
1: I believe it. Yeah, I would too. It caused some controversy when he said it, but now he backtracked and said it was a joke. By the way, the whole Brady house thing, I don't get why it was investigated by the league. Like him going to just talk to his offensive coordinator.
2: Uh, People are very sensitive about leaving the house and everything.
1: No, but it wasn't about that like the league investigated it because I guess we're in a lockout period right now or a blackout period where uh teams can't be in contact with their players but why I don't get why that's a rule
2: hmm I don't know about that
1: um, like i would think I would think if your team wants to if your quarterback wants to like get an extra work learning with like say Say Sam Darnold and Adam Gase wanted to meet up twice a week during the winter and, or the early months of the spring and just like go over the playbook, look at film. Like I have no problem with that as a fan. Like I'd actually want, I'd actually love if I heard that. I just don't get why this is a rule that you can't work with well, your coaches during the Well, I actually think it's negotiated the
0: by the players.
1: Maybe so that yeah, they're not well, forced it has to something do
0: it. To do with not being forced. But it's also, like, quality of life and, like, your time off and being away. And then, like, it's something to do with, like, well, some people are going to do it to get a competitive edge, but some people can't because they have family, so they can't do it. It's all very, like, it's, it's, it's all political and stuff like that. I don't think it really matters at the end of the day, but...
1: Yeah, like there's always going to be, be ways around those rules, yeah. especially now with like Zoom and everything. They, they could literally just look at the playbook from different states. Uh, the Patriots' seventh-round draft pick removed his tattoo because Jamal Hill didn't like it. Uh, I don't really know much about that story. So the, it's just on the, the thing the with that tattoo is, right uh,
2: it's of a like ultra-right militia group called the Three Percenters, I think the third percenters and he didn't know it was like a basically just ultra right exactly like uh westboro baptist church per se so it's like that logo he thought it was just a military logo because his family's all military and he was trying to support the troops so he got it removed not because of her but like it doesn't fit with his ideals Gotcha. That makes sense.
1: Uh oh here's actually a good one. I have NFL offensive rookie and defensive rookie of the year odds. So I think we all know Joe Burrow and Chase Young will be the favorites for the two. But I wanna see if you guys can get can guess the who's in second, who has the odds for second. We'll start with offensive for rookie offensive?
2: of the year. So, he said Burrow and Tua were yeah. one and two?
1: No, Burrow's uh, one, and Chase Young is the defensive rookie of the year. Who do you, who do you guys Gilla. think would be number two?
0: Uh, Justin Herbert. Kurt, what do you think?
1: No, it's not a quarterback. It's actually Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, which I thought. He's like six. Joe Burrow is 11 to four odds. And then Edward Hilaire is uh, six to one. I thought it was interesting because I don't see him getting like the 300 touches that a primary back would usually get. Especially in that backfield where they just signed uh, Dwayne Washington. They have Williams still. I mean,
0: I guess that kind of makes sense to me because. They're assuming if a quarterback's going to win it, it's going to be Joe Burrow. And running backs are the next most likely. How often do you see a wide receiver win rookie of the year?
2: Never.
1: Yeah. Not very often. Henry Ruggs has the highest odds at 14 to one. Actually him and CeeDee Lamb have the same odds. Two in third with eight to one. Uh, Kyle, you'll like Jonathan I can Taylor's Jonathan fourth with twelve, to one. winning it.
0: So I guess they're I can gonna see him running for like sixteen hundred yards behind that offensive line.
2: He's just not gonna get enough touches for that.
1: Yeah, it's all about how much of exactly it's all about how much workload he's gonna get. But also, Marlon Maxman, kind of not injury prone, where he misses a ton of games, but he misses two or three games every year. So maybe maybe he'll. Uh... Maybe Taylor will have a bigger role than we're expecting. Uh, Kurt Justin Herbert is twenty to one, tied with Justin Jefferson and uh, J.K. Dobbins. Then for defensive rookie of the year, who do you guys think is second? I'm just the order is kind of shocking for this one.
2: Um, I say Simmons probably.
0: I would say either Isaiah Simmons Kurt. or Javon Kinlaw. Well,
1: you guys were both right with Isaiah Simmons. He's eight to one behind uh, Chase Young, seven to two. Then third was shock. It, j Third is AJ Epenza, Epenenza, whatever, however you say his name. He's tied with Patrick Queen at fourteen to one. I could see Queen Queen sneaking up there and winning it if he has big tackle totals. Then Jeff Okuda is only 20-1, to which I thought was odd, since he's supposed to be like a big play corner. And I'm guessing quarterbacks will still test him because he's he's a rookie, even though he's highly touted.
0: I understand that, but I feel like when you win rookie, uh, like when you win awards, your team has to be good, right?
2: You also have to have the ability to put up stats. So unless... Akuda comes out here with six interceptions and, like, 20 pass defenses along with, like, 60 tackles. I don't see it happening where it's a lot easier for defensive linemen and linebackers to get it because they can get, say, 80 tackles and 10 sacks as a rookie for defensive linemen. That's considered, like, elite. It's just harder for uh, defensive backs to win defensive rookie of the year in my mind.
1: Yeah, I get that. I was just thinking, like, oh, he's gonna have a lot of passes thrown his way, because like he's a, he was a third overall pick, but you still have to earn your stripes as a top corner in the league, no matter where you're drafted. So I think it won't. People won't just look to the other side of the field because Akuda's there this year. So he could maybe get interceptions, especially with Mitch Trubisky. And Kirk you're telling Cousins me they're not good quarterbacks? What? Oh, well, I love Kirk Cousins, but he has the—he has a tendency to have high interception totals. Last year being an exception, so that's that. Uh, you guys have any other topics, or you want to just talk about teams that we liked in the draft um, besides our own?
0: No. Who do I you guys have much your, more? Who were your top? Who had the top three draft in your opinion? Give me three teams that you guys thought did amazing.
2: Jets would be up there for me.
0: Well,
1: I love the. Okay, I actually like the Giants. I think both New York teams had really good drafts. They came out of it with the top tackle, the top safety. They got. I don't know, Kurt. Have you fo- you follow Penn State football a little bit more than? Uh, we do. Cam Brown was their captain. They picked him in the sixth round. He's I gonna think that be a really a good.
0: Pick. He's gonna be a. Sol- he's not gonna be a star, but he's gonna be good. He's gonna be a solid, like, average linebacker in the league, right? He plays linebacker. If I'm thinking the right person.
1: Yeah, he's a he's a linebacker. He was the captain. Uh, that seemed to be what the strategy was with. Uh, Joe Judge and Dave Gettleman this time. They went with the talent with the first two or three picks. I think they uh, also they uh, picked up their right tackle of the future in the third round with Matt Pert, which is supposed to be a really solid pick. But then after that, the fourth through seventh rounds, every single pick was a captain of their respective college teams. So they're obviously going for leadership and hard workers, which was I That's why I also the Giants, the Giants
0: in the top three drafts. Just like you. Um, I just like what they focused on. They focused all on linebackers and linemen. After Xavier McKinney, it was all linemen or linebackers, and then they got a corner. I don't know. I just think that's making a good team, is making sure you just have a strong base. Yeah, you got to win in the
1: trenches. That's how that's how good teams stay good. <laughs> I also love the Ravens. Oh, they got
2: track. J.K. Dobbins. I'm pissed.
1: But they got... Yeah, that's another explosive back. That's the last thing that they needed. But they also got Patrick Queen. Uh, Devin Duvernay. I didn't know about him going into the draft, but when they were showing the highlights... The way he catches contested contested passes, he could be a big wide receiver in this league. I think he was a third round pick because it it had to be a third round pick because I didn't
2: watch past that. He's they're they're, they're filthy. filthy. They're absolutely filthy.
1: Yeah, it looks like they just got they just went up and got playmakers. They added another defensive tackle to their their defensive line is absolutely loaded. They have Judon, uh, Calais-Campbell. I'm missing. I have to look up the rest of their
2: line because I'm definitely missing. They him. got
0: two very good linebackers, one in Queen and then Malik Harrison.
2: Yeah, well, Harrison's really good, too. Yeah, he was a late draft. He was a late yeah. draft, too, right?
1: Oh, they, they added Derek Wolf too, who was a key component of the mm-hmm. Broncos Super Bowl. Yeah, this is the Ravens are a scary defense. What other teams do you guys think? Ha- the Saints I think had a good first couple rounds. I don't really know what they did in the late rounds. But getting Ruiz and then uh Bond, who we were all
0: high on. I think
1: you can't miss with those two points. Let me
2: look it up.
0: <laughs> I liked I liked the Cowboys draft. I thought they had the best draft hands down.
2: Steedy's still a steal, so
0: CDs a steal. Trayvon Diggs is a big long corner. Uh, Neville Gallimore, he's gonna be good. The only thing, all three,
1: all three of those guys you mentioned too were projected to go much higher than the pick that they got him at. So that's good. That's really good like, value there.
0: They picked a guard slash center from Wisconsin. They picked the D late. The only the Dallas really had just a great draft. The only thing you could say is they didn't get a pass rusher, which is the only thing only other need that they needed that they didn't fulfill. But oh. just in general, like I think they had a very good draft.
2: I would say Bradley and A is a good pass rusher, the D end.
0: I I don't know him at all, so I can't really grade him, but he's a late round DN, so I don't know how good he general,
2: he really is. Well, where I was seeing, where I was seeing him, he was like a second, third. I mean, down they pick. all don't know how he felt to the th- uh, fifth.
1: Well, they also have uh, Lamar Demarcus Lawrence and Gerald McCoy, so that's some pass rush there.
0: And Neville <laughs> Gallimore least. will help clog the middle, I and mean, he he gets an okay pass rush for Oklahoma.
1: Yeah, and they have Poe, who's more of a run-stopper, but I can yeah, remember him getting to the Robert quarterback Quinn a couple and times. They in didn't career. really replace him. Well, didn't they replace him with McCoy? McCoy doesn't play
0: D.N., Dave. Yeah, but he's yeah, a but pass he rusher. He has huge sacks line. You can't just put a guy in the outside and say he's... Uh.
1: No, he's going to play tackle, but at least you got some pet. Like you have, you have pass rushers on the line. They don't necessarily That's have to true, come from the I outside mean, all the time.
0: They they never they didn't really fill the DM spot. I don't
1: know. Like, I also like the Browns draft. It sounds weird to say because it's the Browns. You never know what they're going to do, but. They got Will's uh Grant Delpit fell onto a laps in the second round. And they got a tackle too, Jordan Elliott, who's supposed to be who's supposed to be really good as a former five star recruit.
2: Who's the other Brown safety? Is it Demarcus Russell or Demarcus uh Randall?
1: No, they they got rid of Randall. He was it last year. Done. Sure. But yeah, I think that they the Browns really needed a draft because they're kind of a team in limbo. They're not bad, but they're also not good, and I think this this draft will so the, definitely help them toward the future.
2: Carl Joseph, their other so the Browns' is, safety, oh, they signed uh, Carl the secondary Joseph. is half LSU and half Ohio State.
0: I think the Browns. Yeah, draft, I like their first two picks. I don't really know many other people. I've seen Donovan Peoples-Jones at Michigan and I think he's awful. But he has like he has all the intangibles but he just sucks for some reason.
2: Well, he had Shea Patterson in the right. Yeah. Well, he's not
1: going to he's not, it's not like he's going to get a lot to run a lot of routes this year anyway with uh, o- OBJ and uh, Odell. And they're also going to run a lot of two running back, two tight end patterns because they added Harrison Bryant, the, ti- and the tight end. I think in the fourth and, and fifth
0: round. And Joku.
1: I think Njoku that might get sense. traded. Yeah, there's just a lot of writing on the wall there. I would love it if the Jets traded, traded for him. I think he's a big player. What about drafts that you guys aren't? Bears Didn't really love. I think I know where. Yeah, what are the Bears doing? Ten tight ends. I guess if you want to, I guess if you're going to suck, like be funny about it, that's what uh, Big Cat said. But like, I seriously, not, ten tight still. ends.
2: It's uh It's not I don't great. Know,
0: tight ends are the best athletes in the league, according to Drew Brees.
2: The best tight end he ever had. Yeah, but you is, don't need uh, ten of them. Jimmy Graham, and he's not necessarily a great athlete.
0: No, I just I think it's stupid. The Bears are um they're just not a good team, not not a well run franchise. And they're kinda fucked. The only good thing is Nick Foles throws a lot of jump balls and tight ends generally are better. At, at going up for the jump balls, but other than that I don't understand how they're building their roster.
3: Yeah,
1: it doesn't make much sense. But Cole Komet, I think Cole Komet will be pretty good. But like still Jalen Johnson's a good corner.
2: Like, uh, that's a, a joke. Right I like him. Yeah. Darnell Mooney's gonna be like a uh, Taylor Gabriel replacement from what I've heard and just that sort of gadget player and then I don't really know too much about the rest of their draft honestly
1: yeah it seems like there's a lot of unknown unknowns in their draft I also staying in the same division I didn't like the Vikings draft the first I liked it early on with uh they got Jefferson and yeah the first and second round I thought were good my my whole problem with their draft isn't really the players that they took it's how many picks they actually made like they when you're when you're a GM going through the draft process like you have to know you have to be savvy in the draft process to make your team like always good at it and making 15 picks there's no shot that all 15 players. I'd say half of them make the roster. Half of them, you you end up getting cut. So, like, you're just punting those picks anyway. He should have traded back some of the picks to get more capital next year. And then they could reload again next year and just keep on doing the same thing. The Patriots do it every year. Good teams get rid of their picks because they know there's not roster spots in their team.
0: Um, I agree with that part. But at the same time, I think the Vikings' first three picks were very good picks.
1: Yeah, those picks are good, but like you're just wasting draft capital. especially Imagine on a roster that's players. already pretty solid from
0: top to bottom. And you really could just use the extra picks to find a star, trade up and get like someone you know can make an impact.
1: Yeah, exactly. And if you can't find a partner to trade up with, trade back. There's always someone looking yeah, to trade, trade for back future in. picks. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's what I would do. Like the draft process, there's there's ways to there's ways to be good at it, even if you don't have too many picks, and that's one of them. Uh, who else had a bad draft? I'm not gonna rip the Patriots just because I don't know the players that they took. As as far as I know, they picked players who were gonna take an impact.
0: So one draft that I hated was the Dolphins draft.
1: Yeah, you didn't like a lot. You didn't like
3: uh,
1: a couple of their first round picks. picks, I know
0: that. After the tour pick, I thought it was a reach to get a tackle there. I think they could have got Jackson at thirty one, and they could have chose like an immediate impact player with their pick at eighteen, or at least traded back or found something else to do. I, I didn't really, I didn't enjoy. I, I just felt like they re, they like looked at their board and they're like, oh, the guy we were gonna we need a tackle and the four best tackles are gone, so we'll just take the fifth best tackle at eighteen. I just feel felt like they had so many picks and their draft isn't outstanding.
1: And I think Yeah, I think that they they fell into the trap where like they at eighteen, I think it was a case of their need was tackle. Like, they were looking tackle all the way. And they could have traded down, but what would be the point of that for them? They already have, what, 12 picks in this well, draft? My, 14 picks in this draft? So, and they have, like, the same amount next year. So, my thing is, what would I be the point of trading why Miami down for them? didn't
0: try and trade up to get an offensive tackle, mm-hmm. one of the big four.
1: Like, it's to try to get 10, back like, into the top 10.
0: Eleven, twelve. Why didn't you trade up to go get Javon Kinlaw? Like you had, you were sitting at eighteen when you have all this draft capital that you could have moved up to get another impact player.
1: Well, I think they try. They probably tried to get at least up to the forty ers pick because that's that's the only reason I could see the Bucks trading up one pick to take uh, worse. So I'm guessing they tried. They just couldn't – maybe they got outbid or they just couldn't find a partner. Like, it it takes two to tango
2: in the draft. I do like – I like just about every single one of their picks, though. I'm not huge on Austin Jackson, but all the other picks, I think it's good value. I think they got a steal in –
0: yeah, the cornerback at 30 is Robert Hunt. I don't feel like. I, I, I just hope you think he's going to be. You think a corner is what they needed?
2: I think they need anything, Kurt.
0: Their cor- their corners are argu- arguably the best in the league. They have Byron Jones and Xavier. Uh, what is it? Xavier Howard? Yeah. Xavier Howard. And you are going to take a slot corner in the first round. You could have waited till the fourth round to take a slot corner.
1: I guess. I mean, he's I probably know. the best player it's just on the like, board.
0: You had all those wide receivers there. You could have gotten help for Tua. The only thing that I like about their draft is that they didn't draft the running back.
1: Yeah, I thought that they were a candidate to take a running back in the second round. But I mean they, they did a good job. I think they added what one, two, three, four. Three offensive linemen.
0: I do
1: I'm only seeing uh well one's a long yeah. snapper from LSU, so that doesn't really count. But they they got the guard from Georgia who's supposed to be great value in the fourth round. They got Robert Hunt from Louisiana and then Austin.
0: I think Austin Jackson was such a reach. At 18. Oh. yeah, he's the
1: actually no. There's some other lower grades, but he's only rated a C minus by and I don't, CBS. I, I don't Sports like
0: taking a corner when that's are you that's your best position in the first round. I just felt like what? Why didn't you just go get two safeties and make your secondary imp disgustingly good or? I don't know. There was other, you could have got a nice edge rusher and, Klo, what is it, Kalavin chasing? Kalavon
2: Yeah. Well,
1: apparently the pass rusher that they got out of Boise State in the fifth round is supposed to be. I, I of, do to you guys beaver. know anything about really Curtis Weaver?
2: And went about a round or two later than he should have.
1: Yeah, pe- yeah, that's what they're saying. Mm-hmm. So, maybe that could be their edge rusher.
0: I mean. Yeah. I, he could be. What was it? He dropped because of Boise State's competition. Right, Kyle?
2: Uh, I think he's just not necessarily. Yeah, it's probably competition. I would say competition is the main reason. And I don't remember if he tested well at the combine.
1: The combine's so overrated. It kills I think the main thing is the combine
2: helps reinforce what uh, teams think about you. So it's like if you, I know the Seahawks have like certain secondary measurements that you have to reach before they can consider drafting you and stuff like that.
1: That makes sense. The Seahawks, I don't think had a great draft either. But I actually, going back to teams that we like, I actually like the Raiders draft a lot. Like it's weird, but they got, they added a lot of speed, with like Rugs and, uh, Bowden out of Kentucky, who I think is going to be, they're going to play Bowden as a, a running uh, running back. Right. I there. think
2: he's going to be. Just an all-around weapon for them.
0: They're going to use them like they yeah, use some hill on the, the added, Saints.
1: I could see that. I just think it'll be dangerous with a uh, Gruden. He, he's he's one of the guys who is the opposite of Bruce Arians, where he just works for like twenty hours a day trying to come up with offensive concepts and stuff. And I'm excited to see what he could do with all the speed on this roster. The only pick that I really don't know too much about is Arnett, just because even if they liked him, you can get him... If he had a third-round grade, you could trade back and get more draft capital. Because they only had, I think, seven picks in this draft. And none after the fourth round, so... Maybe they should have traded back there, but you can't fault them if he's really high on their board. And they didn't have a pick from 19 to 80, so if they couldn't trade back, True. they might have thought he would Our be best. off. The i got
2: to go to class now.
0: Um, goodbye, Thank Kyle. Thank you. Last comment, right. last comment. Luck, huh? me? Let's hear it.
2: Um, yep. Honestly, I thought Zoom draft was fun, personally. I think viewership went up twenty five percent. Yeah, I liked from it better matter. than how it usually like highest is. total. Viewership and ratings.
0: Well I mean that's also because the the draft nothing still it's impressive.
2: Alright. You guys have fun. No, I agree. We'll talk to you next week.
0: Goodbye, Kyle. Bye, Kyle.
1: You got any final um,
0: thoughts, Kurt? Obviously when you grade a draft, you can't really tell until next year how good it is or isn't good. Um like the Seahawks and the Patriots, like they choose people that you're like, who the fuck are these guys? But they end up being stars. So I just have one more team that I think had a terrible draft was the Chargers. Um what would you say is the weakness of the Chargers? Besides quarterback. Quarterback.
1: Um, I guess they get torched in the running defensive game. Defensive line. So maybe defensive offensive line.
0: Offensive line. They picked an inside linebacker in Kenneth Murray. Other than him. They got two wide receivers, a quarterback, a safety, and a running back. They didn't draft a single lineman. I don't know. I, I I just think that's a little. I just.
1: Yeah, I I definitely agree with you there. You well, they also, their draft is, I feel like it was destined to be drafted, but. I mean, to be a bad draft, especially when they traded up for Murray, which I was shocked about but that's who they, that, that that's who they were going to take. But they didn't have another pick until the fourth round. So, like, that's usually where you get rounds two and three are where you get, like, those depth players on the offensive and defensive lines, and they just punted those picks. Yeah,
0: see, that's – I always like drafts where they just go – offensive and defensive linemen late just because more offensive, I feel like you see more late offensive linemen hit than defensive linemen. Like New England in the 6th and 7th round shows a guard, an offensive tackle, and a center. You know? And a linebacker. It's just like, you choose positions that generally hit.
1: Yeah, and if you... Bring in those late round a lot of those late round draft picks at positions like offensive line. Like the Patriots took three, you said, maybe one of them turns out to be a player. And then you have and then you have another offensive lineman in a league where offensive linemen are at a premium because not too many of them are Pro Bowl Caliber players anymore. Just I also just don't like Justin Herbert. I
0: don't I think he's going to burn like out really coach quickly. and I don't think he's going to help them. No. Really, you don't like Anthony? I name? think it showed when they got torched by New England in that game, that playoff game. It's not like New England did anything different that they did for any other team. They just ran it down their throat. Like it's it's not even like he had to adjust at all. It was just so easy. It didn't even look like Brady called an audible. It's just like, okay, we're going to run this play and this play and this play. Uh.
1: Well, they tried to do this. They tried to just come out the same way that they came out against the Ravens. If you remember that big upset uh, that they had where they held Lamar Jackson to like under 100 total yards or something like that. They tried to just do the same exact thing and Bill Belichick was ready for it. He pretty much made, took the defense that that they made look so good the week before and did the exact same thing the Ravens wanted to do. Just better. Also, weren't they missing Derwin James?
0: Um, they were not. No, that was last year if they missed him. A he was in game? the playoff game. I don't know. I just gotcha. feel like I think they had a bad draft. Um, I like the Panthers draft. I like their first three picks. Yeah. Yeah, they went. But their first three defense, picks right? are going to be good. All of them are going to be like players in the league. You have Yaturg Rosmato's, Derek Brown, and Jeremy Chin. It's like, you know, you know those three players are going to hit.
1: Yeah, Gross yeah. Matos with Derek Brown. That that's a pretty dangerous question. Uh, like
0: your mo- like you're choosing like your turd Gross mottos is good is a good player for a team that knows that they're going to need that he's he's a player who's going to need to be coached well. and The Panthers have the time to coach to coach people. They're not expected to be good anytime soon. Uh, I just... I don't
2: know. I, I don't think there was any team that I was
0: like, their draft is amazing and they hit all of the players they needed to. I'm not as in tune with late-round late picks as Kyle is. Kyle knows, like, all these players. Um, most of these late-round people... It's kind of like I recognize once in a while their name, but other than that, I kind of just don't like. If you take linebackers, offensive linemen, and just key positions, I think it's a good idea.
1: Yeah, definitely. And the Pan- you are definitely right about the Panthers. They, uh, on the grading system that CBS uses. Every single one of their picks was a B or better. Yeah. That's what that's what you need that could turn a franchise around in pretty much one season. That's how the Saints did it. I don't know. It's it's fun to talk about the draft. Now we have about three more months until serious football is being played. Yeah. We're about to get into May. Obviously, uh, virtual training camp started, so we'll probably start seeing... Well, we already know Jamal Adams is holding out from that, but we'll probably see a couple more contract holdouts that we could talk about. Um, but there'll probably be some more cuts sure. this week.
0: One Another reason that I um, chose to cut the, or the hate on the Miami draft is Based on what I heard, after the four tackles that were taken in the top 15, the next best offensive tackle had a late second-round grade.
1: And that was um, uh, I had Josh as your Cleveland? All no. oh, right, he didn't go until the third round. I don't think
0: they didn't, um, and it was the Cardinals, which is why I like the Cardinals draft. They got a star play, a surefire star player, and I and Isaiah Simmons, and then they got a, and then they got Urza, or then they got Josh Jones, who is the only offensive tackle outside the top four who is picked below where they were supposed to be picked.
1: Yeah, that's really. The th- it's. I guess we kind of grade the draft based on like where we found, had players in our mock draft, but like you said, like we don't really know until year two or three if the, a draft was a good draft yeah. on the field. Uh,
0: but I think it was. I think it was good for the Cardinals to hold off on getting a tackle until the third round and the second, early third, because of the fact that. They don't take long to throw the ball. They never hold the ball too long. And I just think it was smart to get... There was no point in getting a star offensive tackle when you get rid of the ball in 1.5 seconds.
1: Yeah, that was, that was always what you guys said when we did the mock drafts, why it wasn't a position of need for them in the top 10.
0: And Isaiah Simmons just... He fits well in that division. Well, he fits well anywhere, really.
1: Yeah, he's a Swiss Army knife. I think they saw that they were going to use him as a linebacker, but he could really be used anywhere at nickel, at safety, probably even on the outside if you needed him to. Did you see that now that there's probably not going to be an NCAA football season? In the fall, they might let players like uh, Trevor Lawrence join the compensatory draft. What's the compensatory draft? It's for, like, players who lost. It's usually not a big deal because there's not too many players that it applies to. But you get... uh... It's for players who lost NFL draft eligibility for some reason. But there might there might be a case for like Trevor Lawrence and guys who are going to be eligible next year because there's not there might if there is no season they might well, be able no to, point in me to say school like
0: because I'm going to get drafted
1: yeah and then they might have a case to be included in the compensatory draft they haven't said if it's if that's actually going to happen but a lot of people have been specul- speculating about it. And the way it works is if you t- use a – I think it's a lottery system for the draft. For this draft, it's not like the Bengals would get the number one pick. At least I don't think so. If they did and they have their choice at uh, Burrow or Trevor Lawrence, I it would be interesting to see which one they trade away and which one they take. But I think it, you just lose the pick that you – like if you use a first round pick in the compensatory draft, you would lose that pick in next year's oh. actual draft, which is which would be interesting because you'd have like Trevor Lawrence coming out. I'm sure there's another Ohio well, the, State pass rusher that's next in line to be Justin the top Field, defensive the player. The quarterback out.
0: from Ohio State is projected number two pick behind uh, behind um, Trevor Lawrence, and I think whichever team is stuck with him will be the biggest mistake they ever make unless this guy just becomes exponentially better.
1: Yeah, I don't see him being – maybe it's an Ohio State bias, but, like, at this point we can see that they're not – you don't need to be an NFL caliber quarterback to have
0: Ohio good State numbers at is Ohio State. The is... – one of the most talented teams in the nation. They're up there with Clemson and Alabama, and you can – actually, I think they're more talented than Clemson. I would say they're probably the second most talented team in the nation year after year behind Alabama. Yes, there's outlier years where – like, LSU was extremely talented this past year. But other than LSU, I think Ohio State and Bama – are two teams that are just always amazing from a talent perspective and it's hard to grade quarterbacks coming from those programs because every wide receiver on their team can win a one-on-one matchup. Every their offensive line pushes the defensive line 3 yards off the ball before the running back gets touched. It's just they have so much talent and it's just unreal.
1: Yeah, just the entire SEC is pretty insane. Like, even Georgia, their quarterback, who's supposed to take over for Fromm this year, is projected to be in the first round right now without even playing, like, a big game under his belt, which is insane. Yeah. But, yeah, if they if they do this compensatory draft thing, you're going to have another star tackle, the one from Oregon, Sewell. Uh Obviously the quarterbacks with Lawrence, Justin Fields, uh Jamar Chase, another great wide receiver. Uh, who else? I don't even know. Clemson has another star wide receiver he's, he's that's better supposed, than supposed to have a first round grade. in my mind. Yeah, so teams might just teams might just give up their first round pick next year for one of these compensatory picks. And take one of these star players that you could actually, since they would just be in college last year, you could realistically just sit them, have them develop in an NFL locker room, and then when they're when they were supposed to be drafted, they make Can an impact you on imagine your team.
0: Belichick just like sitting there, like they're doing compensatory picks. Okay, right here, I'll be number one. I'm getting I'm getting Trevor Lawrence from Clemson, and
3: everyone
0: else is sitting there like the fuck? You just do. I don't know. I don't see them doing compensatory picks, or if they do, I see them changing the system, but I don't know how you would change the system. I, uh, it's, there's too many players out there that could go without the season that I don't think it's worth it in their mind. Plus you also have to see how much you pay a compensatory pick. Like Justin
1: Yeah, there's that there's a lot of stuff like you have Trevor to do. Sure. He's
0: not gonna go if it's a compensatory pick and he gets signed to a million dollar deal as the average compensatory pick, you're not gonna be like I'm gonna be a compensatory pick. You're gonna wait until next year and get your ten million dollar signing bonus as the number one overall pick. Trevor Lawrence could sit out next year and he'll be a top five pick. Agree or disagree? If he sat out next year uh, say it and again. season, he would still be a top five pick.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think he's a lo- he's the lock even if he has a bad season next year. I think he'll still be the number one pick. There's just so he's just. What is he lost one time in college and it was a championship sport. game?
0: <laughs> it's, not like, it's not like he didn't put up, uh, yeah. what's it called, points or yards.
3: Well, he also
1: didn't, to me at least, he didn't look like uh, it looked like the LSU defense had him a little bit rattled. But still, he's, what, 19, 20 years old? He's going to be rattled in the, the biggest stage against the best team he's ever played. Yeah, against. well.
0: It just the differences between this year and last year was Clemson's wide receivers made plays against Alabama's cornerbacks and Clemson's defense did well against the Alabama offense. Clemson's defensive line last year, all of them three they had three first round picks on their defensive line. And they had Isaiah Simmons.
1: Yeah, and also like after he threw that interception to Simmons, it was pretty much over because <coughs> against not, Alabama not early in the game, inside. at least against good teams, Alabama kind of struggles to score. Who got drafted by
0: AJ like, Terrell?
1: No, I think did he throw a, that was, a pick to Simmons that too, in, the, in middle the middle of the field? Of the game though, or was yeah, but it was at that point it was oh, I think yeah, it was twenty one thirteen LSU. And then he threw that interception, and LSU just keeps on scoring. Like they don't, their offense doesn't get stopped. So like when you're when you're trailing, and it, it puts a lot of pressure to try to keep up with an offense that you know is going to score nine times out of ten against Alabama the year before. Yeah, their offense was dirty, but it, it maybe it scored sixty percent of their drives instead of ninety. So that just added so much more pressure to Trevor Lawrence to try to keep on making every
0: throw perfect. I don't know. I I just I'm interested to see how these drafts pan out and I'm really upset about the Eagles draft.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I would have been upset about Jalen Hurts too. <coughs> I just didn't know which team was going to pull the trigger on him. I would have never thought the
0: Eagles though. So. I don't know. I think um from Going to the Bills, I think him falling was. Just, I I can't believe he fell that far.
1: Well, apparently, it's because is because he's not it? coachable. Which, I don't know. I had not heard that until like they kept on going. He was he was kind of the victim this year of the quarterback that drops and the people at ESPN just like trash on him for. As long as he's still on the board. Like every five picks they were going they were looking into his house, just seeing him like sitting there on his uh couch. But uh, that's what they were saying, and I had never heard that, before, the man, that he's uncoachable. The, he looks pretty he looks pretty coachable. And
0: Justin Fields is a starting Ohio State quarterback and supposed to go top ten and supposed to go he's supposed to be the number two quarterback next year. I don't know. I just think – I like Fromm a lot, and I think him falling – I don't like that the Bills got him because I like Josh Allen a lot. And I kind of wish they would both be starting quarterbacks in the league, but
1: I don't know. Well, he's going – well, the Bills probably just think that they need – yeah, like assurance for – if Josh Allen gets hurt again, like he did in that Patriot game <laughs> last year, that they would have won if Matt Barkley didn't have to take over. They just need assurance because Josh Allen is a risk taker, and he puts his head down and runs sometimes. And we all we all have seen that be the downfall of some quarterbacks. But I think I think for Fromm personally, he couldn't have gone to a better better situation for him because being in Buffalo with the culture that they're building, I think he'll have a lot of room to grow, and then maybe, maybe they could flip him in a couple of years. Maybe he'll be the Jimmy Garoppolo that a lot of teams really want to add because they see him as a good QB prospect. We'll see, though.
0: Yeah, I don't. Think Any final thoughts? Running back before round four or five. That's my. Yeah, I agree with that. There's no.
1: You see too many times that like, where like an undrafted free agent will join a team and go for a hundred yards in three straight games. Good teams do that all the time. But there's also some big name running backs that that have done well in the league. Like Saquon's supposed to be generational, but he can't do it behind an offensive line. <laughs> I think the only time that you should do that. Take a running back early, as if you have all the pieces in place for the next like, like three I understand years that that the chiefs line. needed
0: a running back that the chiefs needed a running back, but I feel like I feel like the running back for the chiefs was like they drafted him too high no no one else is going to take him even like even the beginning of the second round, no. But the Chiefs, yeah, the I, Chiefs agree. Are also I agree. I agree with you because they have no cap space, they, so they kind of need the draft. They had the draft for need because they. Could.
1: But like, was running back I mean, really they lost need McCoy.
0: For them? I don't know about the Williams guys. Which one? I don't know if they're on the team or not, or where they're at.
1: Uh, they're still on the team. Damian Williams is still on the team. Actually, they're both still on the team, at least according to the depth chart they have up right now. They also have Darwin Thompson, who a lot of people were yeah. high on last year. <coughs> and then they they uh, added Dwayne Washington, who played, like, two games when Josh Jacobs got injured last year for the Raiders and had 100 yards in both games. So, like, it's such a... They really didn't need a running back there. And if you look at their defense, it's old. And they have, they have gaps. You they could have about thirty seconds too. I don't know. I... Yeah, I mean, safety is kind of... I guess you could replace uh, Thornhill, but they, yeah. they still have Honey Badger out there. They could use corners, though, for Yeah, sure. well, I
0: don't understand why Fulton fell as low as he did. It must be because... LSU predominantly stayed in his own defense, so they didn't really see him play man much, and he wasn't that good at man. But if your team played primarily zone, I don't understand why Fulton lasted until as late as he did. He was rated as the second-best zone corner.
1: Yeah, well, for corners, it's... I don't know how he did in, like, the the shuffles and the cone drills and the combine but if you're a corner that don't, that the film on you is that you only do one thing i think the trend is that you're going to drop a little bit in the draft because in the nfl you rarely see a team that just plays one defense over the course of a game and definitely don't find a team that only plays one kind of defense uh
0: that's true. The course of his that is true. But if you know someone's already <laughs> very comfortable playing in zone, and you let's say like the Eagles run sixty six percent of their defenses zone, right? If you're gonna, why would you not take a man who played primarily in zone? You have to teach him man defense thirty three percent of the time, and he's going to be playing on on wide receiver two on most teams. I don't know. Yeah, I
1: see what you're saying. It was definitely shocking that he dropped, and sh- I wouldn't say shocking that they took a running back. I just don't think that it was the place to do it. How do you feel about taking kickers well, in the draft, just in general? I think I think it's take, such a waste.
0: It depends how good the kicker is. They got to be pretty like excellent. I I don't like. They have to be – the best kicker, like an absolute stud, should go in like the sixth or seventh round. And that's someone that you know is going to be good, you know?
1: Yeah, I would never pick like a kicker or punter in the first five rounds. That's true. Or even at all. Like like if you look – you have kickers all over the place. Some teams have like five or six kickers every single year. They're a dime a dozen.
0: Yeah, but there are the exceptions. Like Janikowski, when he came out, I think the Raiders took him in like the first or second round. I would have taken him in like the fifth round.
1: But why? like, Did he really do anything for the Raiders? That yeah, I, mean, I think he was he the seventeenth overall at, pick. at the position for but like twelve
0: years. Th- If you would tell me I would have my kicker or punter for twelve years and he'd make six Pro Bowls, I would I would take them in the fifth round. Compared to other fifth rounders that don't even make the team. But I I understand the debate. Um uh it's hard i it's hard looking back at the draft and seeing how good the the Dallas Cowboys did as an Eagles fan and how bad the Eagles did in the draft
1: yeah it's that's always the worst thing like when you think that your team uh got outdone by somebody else, but again we don't like they can come out and Every single one of the Eagles picks to make an impact, and you guys go thirteen and three. That's true. I guess we'll just have to see next year.
0: How does it feel to be the Jets with the worst coach in your own division?
1: I can't even argue that he probably is the worst coach, but I don't know. I think he gets too much hate. He's never been like he's never had like a terrible season. He's always been. Around five hundred, he made the playoffs once.
0: With
1: Sam <laughs> the yeah, so he's a good. He did his job. The only thing is, he they lost like games that they should have won against Miami, and they lost against the Bengals. Obviously, the bit. The only knock I have on Adam Gase is how he handles star players. Like at some point, you have to change your uh, system a little bit to. To fit what the team has, and like Le'Veon Bell and Sam Darnold, but I've um I have hoped that he'll turn it around. I think him and Douglas, they're both joined at the hip, so neither one of them is going to be fired this off this well, next year or guys, the year
0: after that. At offensive tackle, I think you guys had one of the best drafts. I would have taken Worfs because he's a sure thing, but I think you guys. You guys did a good job rebuilding your team. You got offensive linemen and free agency. You got late round offensive line picks. You got your wide receiver that you guys wanted in the second round. You even traded down for him.
1: Yeah, I was when they traded down. I was like, "Oh, this guy's going to be off the board." I think, I guess they read the they read the uh, draft board the right way because they were able to get a third. Uh, Third round
0: pick. And who'd they get with the third round pick? He was also pretty good. Oh, the safety.
1: Yeah, they got uh, Davis. Then they drafted uh, Edge, which is another big need for us. And then they trade ended up trading the 101st pick in the third round to the Patriots for an extra fourth round pick. So yeah, I have no I have no complaints about the judge draft besides maybe the fourth round where they drafted a running back and a quarterback. But
0: I mean, you guys did all in all, very good draft, I think. I Joe Douglas definitely. Back but for all you know, they're probably trying to deal Bell this offseason anyways.
1: I could see them dealing Bell just because I don't think Becton's the tackle that he needs. Like, Beckton doesn't really move. He's kind yeah, of no. just a tree that people can't run around. And Bell need Bell needs someone who can get to the second level, blocking the flats and stuff like that, which is why I wanted Worfs. But uh, I could see us looking to trade Bell. I don't think there'll be any takers. I th- I think what it really means is they're not going to bring back Bilal Powell, who is our longest tenured jet. He's been on the team for 10 years. And I think that just means that they're not going to re sign him this year. The quarterback thing we definitely needed, but like you said before, we probably could have just signed a veteran instead of a fourth-round well, project to back up Sam like,
0: Why not just like sign like Andy Dalton, you know? At least you know he's going to be good like right away if you need a backup quarterback, and no one's going to be calling for Andy Dalton to start over Carson Wentz, you know?
1: The only thing is with that, Wentz usually gets injured for playoff time and Dalton's Dalton disappears in the pl- during Dalton's been time, in the so playoffs, what, might not twice? Be. No, Dalton, and, and Dalton's career, like, he's probably been in the playoffs
0: six or seven times. No way. I'm looking this up.
1: Andy Dalton, playoff stats. No cuz remember the Bengals in the in the early 2010s they were in the playoffs pretty much every single year they just lost in the first round He's 0 in he's all in four in the uh playoffs
0: Yeah but you got to so remember they've been the in one it time four they, times. they were about to beat Pittsburgh until Vontes perfect broke his neck
1: Yeah, but he also didn't play well in that game. Like I think that was two thousand. That was was it that long ago? Oh no, you know they weren't in that. He didn't even play in that playoff game. That was AJ McCarron. Oh, yeah. He got injured
3: because
1: I'm looking and Andy Dalton has was in the play, has playoff stats for 2011, 12, 13, and 14. And then he doesn't have anything after that. And I know the Bengals have been in the playoffs more recently than 2014. I think he missed the last two playoff runs. But still, like, his playoff career is 55% completion percentage. He's only thrown one touchdown in four games with six interceptions.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, he's not great. But, like, it's a backup quarterback. You're not supposed to be able to win a playoff game with a backup quarterback.
1: Yeah, that's true. Unless it's Nick Foles, I guess.
0: But, like, Nick Foles was a veteran who was familiar with the system. It's different. And I really think that the Eagles fell in love with this idea that... um the guy from uh, Jalen Rager would be like Tyree Hill for their team. You know what I mean? With the speed and explosiveness.
1: Yeah, that would... I mean, everyone's looking for the next uh, Tyree Hill.
0: Minus the the off-the-field issues.
1: That's pretty... Yeah, I think... Actually, I think the Chiefs picked another guy that has, like, a pending arrest or something. So that's literally just what they look for. It's insane.
0: Yeah, I mean... It's another issue that I have with drafting receivers in the first round. Is you end up drafting this receiver in the first round he's going to be an all-star. But the problem is... Then you're gonna to have to pay him an ungodly amount of money. If he's so such a good wide receiver.
1: Yeah, you're right. And there's the history shows that high paid wide receivers just 13. don't get uh high 13. paid receivers and running backs usually don't win Super Bowls. I guess Tyree Kill was, would be the exception. He's not but even he's not paid he's not like
0: the amount an of insane money. amount, one, off the field amount of money. And they caught him in a what's it called? They caught they paid him right after an off the field year.
1: Yeah, that's what he broke his kid's arm or something like that, right? And then yeah. they gave him three Which is years, $10 million, million. a year
0: for a top five wide receiver. When Michael Thomas is making twenty million, but I mean. If you think about it, the only other team that has a high-paid wide receiver that's really good is the Saints, and Drew Brees is taking a discount to play there.
1: Yeah, that's a big reason too. Like that's why that's why it's weird that the Chiefs took a running back because they need they need every single pick to fill a need because they have. Uh, Mahomes just went through his second year, so after this year. They'll be able. They'll be able to negotiate a contract extension with him. Forty million, and you got to bet that he's going to want the, yeah, he, and it wouldn't be unreasonable for a league MVP and a Super Bowl champion the by the age twenty-four to after season. that. Wait, actually, started- actually, this was the, this was the yeah. third year of his contract. So they, they might be able to they, give him an extension. Um, they now. already
0: said they're gonna take his fifth year option, but they're in contract negotiations to pay him next after this season. They're, I don't know the rules and how it works, but the Howie Roseman is good at this too. It's you pay the quarterback in their third after their third year. And somehow you can like put the contracts into different years and pay them the same amount of money, but, like, it hits the cap differently. It's some type of manipulation.
1: Well, if it's an extension, then he still gets paid his rookie contract until after the fifth year, right? Yeah, but you then can the extension technically kicks move. In.
0: But, like, he technically gets the money from the extension now, even though it doesn't affect their cap in, for, like, three years or something. I don't know the rules. You got you got to like Google them. It's like they're insane.
1: Yeah, I'm not. I've never even tried to understand how the like cap moves work in the NFL with like dead money and all that stuff. It's so
0: it's, it's so too much work to put in for it not to be my full time job. Well, that's what that's why the Eagles are so oh yeah, you know, such a talented roster. Was because Roseman did all these manipulations. And Joe Douglas would find all the talented players.
1: Hopefully you could do the same thing with the Jets. Wow, the Cowboys gave 88 to CeeDee Lamb.
0: Why is that surprising?
1: Because, like, that's such a... Every single Cowboys receiver wow. takes eighty-eight. Dez Bryant, Michael Irving, Drew Peterson, yeah, or Lamb Drew Peterson probably
0: the best prospect out of all of them. No,
1: I guess, but like, I guess I don't have a problem with it. He was what number ten in uh, at number... Oklahoma.
0: He was a single digit number. I don't know. Oh yeah, he was number two with the
1: Sooners. Yeah, probably. I haven't watched Skip Bayless since he left first tape. I don't know. He's kind of annoying.
0: Him and Stephen A. Their commentary used to be so funny.
1: Yeah, now they have. He was just so good at egging Stephen A. on and getting like his his uh his his reactions to like just be out, out of this world. It it was definitely better. First take was definitely better before. Max Kellerman. Came I, while,
0: I can't stand him.
1: Yeah, me neither. And the other guy that they have, Will Kane, who comes on just, pretty much just to irritate Stephen A., I, I can't stand him either.
0: I don't know, but they made money doing it, so I guess you can't fault yeah. them. Well, I just can't stand. It's like every time you hear or see them, it's like, Tom Brady's washed up fuck the Cowboys you know it just gets old
1: yeah well it's always the same three cycles I mean three uh, topics recycled it's anything that LeBron did anything about uh, the Patriots and then if the Cowboys are relevant they'll bring or if they're talking anything about football they'll talk about the Cowboys And then occasionally they'll throw in how much the Knicks and James Dolan suck, but those are pretty much the only topics they talk about.
0: What do you got going on the rest of the day? Um, I have work, and other than work, I might go to the supermarket maybe. But I don't know.
1: Yeah, I gotta get some snacks because I'm doing. I'm watching all the Star Wars movies. You're crazy. It's gonna take, I think, 19 hours because I'm skipping solo. So that's like it's 22 hours total, but solo is like two and a half hours right there. And then I'm also skipping the casino scene. So that's another, like, probably 45 minutes in The Last Jedi where they go to the casino and. The entire, the entire point of that was scrapped because their mission fails. Remember when Finn and uh, yeah, Asian actress talking spoke? About. And it, Yeah, I'm skipping that because it's so pointless. So that's probably I say it's going to. Are you going to take bathroom hours. breaks? Bad man in field, just talking. I'll probably probably uh take a break during that and then uh, probably any Ewok scene before the before the battle and Return of the Jedi I'll take a break there because those are pretty pointless too
0: my thing is my favorite Star Wars are 1 through 3 well actually 1 and 3 are my favorite Star Wars but so like if you, I if I went one through three, there's no way I could go four through nine next.
1: Why? Because it's just so longer. Because the like quality of like the effects and stuff just drops so dramatically.
0: No, just the, just because like the it's a combination. I don't even think I could watch three movies in a row without tr- ripping my head. Yeah, that, that's going to be the biggest thing. Like, I'm usually not good at sitting still,
1: but I don't know. I'll find a way. <laughs> I have a pretty big computer screen that I could see it from pretty much my whole room. So maybe I'll like do some other things while I'm watching it. Well, my thing is like, well, you're high met your mother fan, you know. If you don't, Are if you don't on... uh, watch it every. If you don't rewatch the trilogy every three years, the dark side wins.
0: Well, I rewatched it. I I also just saw this. I watched the original six like within the past month.
1: Oh, so it's still fresh in your uh so fresh in your mind. I haven't watched it in forever. Yeah.
0: I Once I got Disney Plus, what is it, last month I got Disney Plus, I I watched the original six. So, like, they're all fresh. And I didn't like seven. Through yeah, I'm not
1: looking forward. That's going to be, that's probably going to be the toughest part because, like, it's going to be hard to watch all the mistakes and stuff that they made. But we're going to battle through. Nothing else you can do.
0: Just like. It's just like, it's so contradictory and they try and make it so I don't want to say political, but politically correct. Yeah, there's
1: there's also just no like character it's development like, either. Like, you kind of just meet Rey and she's automatically able to tap into, like, these force powers that we've never seen before and battle Kylo Ren, who's been training with a lightsaber since he was, like, an infant. Like, there's not really a story to the characters. They're just kind of Awesome from the outset.
0: Yeah, and it's like, it's like battling with a lightsaber is not like any other weapon you ever used or anything like that. And it's not just something that like naturally comes like with the force. It's like you train to be good with a lightsaber. Yeah, like
1: it contradicts everything in the pre- prequels because like, what's the point of train? Why was Anakin too young to be trained if Ray could just? pick up a lightsaber when she's in her 20s and like be a jedi master
0: yeah no like i i always liked in the first one how they're like he's a good racer because his the he doesn't realize it but like his force senses and like he get like glimpses of the future you know what i mean which is why he's a good racer yeah Which makes sense you know
1: Well, then, also, like, they
0: had three different
1: producers for the three different movies and three different directors. So, like, there's gonna be continuity issues. Just you just have to have like one guy who's overseeing everything so that things connect more. Because if you have three different people, they're gonna have three different visions, obviously. Yeah,
0: I don't know this I can't wait for football to come yeah.
1: back especially now like I'm I'm actually done with everything that I need to study and stuff so I'll actually be able to watch more I'm turning in my uh, my last assignment right after we're done speaking then hopefully there's no edits to my paper and I'll just be done 20 how pages how your paper? that's not bad. yeah well, now today I'm just like putting all the footnotes in and stuff, and that's probably the hardest part of this thing
0: that footnotes always suck. What's it called? I remember like- when you used to like put in it's like are they ever gonna check the footnotes? Probably not, so you're like, "Can I just bullshit it?" but like sometimes they do, and it's just annoying, yeah.
1: I don't know. I have nine sources, so like
0: I'm hoping that'll be good. Well, you know, international tax law is really interesting. Yeah,
1: I actually found some stuff that I was interested in when I was going through it, but you find some loopholes. Yeah, the entire thing is a loophole.
0: Really? I'd actually like to read it. I'll
1: send it to you, but
0: does it does it go through how I can set up a shell corporation to avoid? No, attention? it
1: actually talks about the other side. It talks about how uh, how like the international organizations are trying are doing things to stop to stop that from happening.
0: Yeah, but before you stop it, you have to figure out how it works in the first place.
1: Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I'll send it to you now. You could proofread it for me and then I'll send it. How about that? Yeah. All right, cool. Sounds good. This podcast took, uh, it's been two hours since we started.
0: You know, well, there's a lot to talk about and a lot to rant about, especially how shitty these draft picks are. And there's nothing else to do. And. Well, I'm supposed to be working right now. I don't, I finished my project. So I have a little bit of leeway to spend my free time more of how I want to. Yeah, that's that that's always sense.
1: the best after. Well, actually, I get a little anxious when that happens because I'm so used to like spending so much time on the project that I don't really know what to do with the free time. But then after, after that initial reaction hits, you're kind of like, wow, this is nice.
0: Well, my thing is like, it's not that I have free time because I have stuff I can work on. It's just that my boss, my boss, has to implement it, and he's kind of like, he's kind of now that this is done, like the project's done, he's probably he's taking like a break. So it's like he's not going to be able to check up on my work until Monday. So I can just do all my work tomorrow if I want to. Yeah, that you know what I mean. Interesting. interesting. Oh, I don't want to go grocery store shopping, but I should. All right, all right Dave, it's
1: I'll been a pleasure. Hopefully, hopefully we'll all be able to see each I'll other see soon. You. Sounds like parks are starting to open up and stuff, and I think they have a plan now for opening up beaches, so that'll be good. Co- that'll be
0: cool. <laughs> What's the weather like this weekend? Oh, it's supposed to be sunny and sixty nine. I thought Sunday. Saturday? I thought
1: Saturday was, um, raining. It might have changed. Oh wow, it changed. Fuck. Now I'm not going to be able to. The whole point of doing it Saturday was that I couldn't go outside, but now I might have to change up this Star Wars watching plan.
0: Just watch it.
1: Tomorrow you know what while I thought? I, I could do that. I was also thinking because Monday is May fourth. And like it's Star Wars Day and stuff like that. I was when I get off work at five thirty, I could just immediately start watching and just watch through the night until Tuesday because I'm off Tuesday. That might be, yeah, that that might be what I do.
0: Or you start watching, you put on the put it on in the background while you're working and you just watch the first three movies while you're, or the last three movies while you're working and watch them out of chronological order. So you can watch the best movies while while you're free, while you're not working. That's not a bad idea. But I feel like you want to watch them in chronological order. Well, there's also another way where you
1: could watch it, where you start with A New Hope, and I think you watch four and five then, since that's when they make the reveal that Anakin is Luke's father, then you watch the prequels, and then you watch Return of the Jedi after that. And then you add, I guess, actually, I guess you would have to add Rogue One before A New Hope to make that make sense. I don't know, there's there's different ways that people watch the, the saga.
0: So. I don't know. Watching episode one after watching the original trilogy is really cool. I like
1: I like the epi- I like the Phantom Menace a lot. Honestly, like I know people didn't like like the politics and stuff that they showed, but it adds a lot to the world. And and the Darth Maul lightsaber I duel think- is the best lightsaber duel in Star Wars. I think. Ooh, like so the the duel, of the fate score that they play behind it, and uh, I don't know, just that, like there's suspense to it. The pace is really good.
0: There's no better duel than Ahsoka, than not Ahsoka, uh Obi one and Anakin.
1: See that one. That one was a little bit long for no me, better. but it was that's definitely up there too. I think it's one one a. I
0: mean that's my. That's, like, my go-to, like, that's my childhood one, too. And I think the thing about the first one that, like, a lot of people don't realize, the first movie, Phantom Menace, is, like, you watch Star Wars when you're a kid and you don't really understand the politics. And now that you're older, you're like, oh, I understand. Like, you Mm want...
1: Hello. All right. I think we lost Kurt, so we'll end the podcast there. Thank you, everyone, for listening.